Welcome to Women Waken, a podcast that helps you heal spiritually from trauma in relationships, childhood, and early life conditioning to shift from a place of codependency into a state of divine feminine love, acceptance, harmony, and abundance. On Women Waken, we begin the journey to waken from the illusion of needing to prove our worth into the divine experience of knowing our worth. I'm your host, Whitney Walker. I'm a licensed mental health therapist, and I specialize in eating disorders, substance abuse, addiction, trauma, and spirituality. I'm also a fellow human being who's experienced most of the issues that I explore on this show. On this guest episode, I welcome the brilliant Brandy Michelle on the podcast. Brandy is incredible. This conversation was so inspiring and illuminating and just really packed a punch, got me revved up and ready to go on my own journey of self-fulfillment and self-love. Brandy is a happiness coach and intuitive coach, and she really just inspires everyone she meets to pursue and prioritize happiness as a goal and to let all the expectations and attachment to outcomes go so that we can actually just get into the flow and enjoy our life. This woman knows what she's talking about. So take a listen, enjoy, and here's my guest. Hi, Brandy. Welcome to the Women Waken podcast. Oh, thanks so much for having me, Whitney. So good to see you. So good to see you again. So glad to be connected, Brandy. It's always exciting to connect with other wonderful, beautiful women who feel this call towards bringing greater happiness to life and to the world and to our experience. Yeah, it's it's definitely my calling and I love this opp- having this opportunity to discuss it with you. Yes. So Brandy, you are a happiness coach and an intuitive. Yes. So, and I'd love for you to share a bit about your path to getting here because you had the experience that interestingly enough, a lot of women I have on the show started out as very successful businesswomen, entrepreneurs in more standard sectors of society. And they didn't feel fulfilled. They weren't happy. And they were wondering what's missing. I have all the things I was supposed to have. I have money. I have the house. Maybe I have the marriage, the kids, something feels void. And that's a little bit of your story. So if you could share your story and how it led you to become a happiness coach and intuitive, which I imagine a number of years ago, you wouldn't have pictured yourself as possibly. No, I definitely (laughs) didn't grow up and say, I'm going to be a happiness coach when I'm an adult. You know, I was born and raised in Detroit, Michigan to teenage parents. And, you know, part of their goal in life was just to ensure that I was never lacking, you know, so they really poured into me in this really beautiful way. Um, They had many hopes and dreams for me, sent me to private school and really like did everything they could to make sure that I had a beautiful life. You know, part of me thinks that maybe they wanted to prove everybody wrong, but either way I was the beneficiary. And so, you know, during my formative years, there was a big focus on success and achievement, right? Like I think as many humans do, but especially in our household, there was this idea that, you know, if I could check all of these boxes, 
then life would be great. And so I like got straight A's. I went to great schools. I went to tier one institutions for undergrad and graduate school. And then I, you know, ran a sales organization with hundreds of people and hundreds of millions of dollars. I did some one point tried out for the Olympics. So I had all of these things. And to your point, I have an amazing home that I love drive a car of my dreams. And I have a pretty great husband and a six-year-old son. So I had, you know, for all intents and purposes, checked every box that people look to check. And then one day I was just talking to my husband and I was like, you know, I just don't love this, you know, like I'm really good at it. Like I was really good at most everything I'd done, but it wasn't fulfilling. And he looked back at me and said, you know, you don't have to do it. And I was like, oh, And honestly, it had never really occurred to me that I didn't. It felt as though like the life that I was leading was something that I had to do. And so I really transitioned out of working not to become a coach, but just to really focus on implementing all the things that I'd learned about human potential in my own life. And then as I was doing that, people started coming to me and saying, well, it looks like this is really working for you. Can you work with us? And so then the coaching came about organically from there. Incredible. So what did you start doing exactly? And did you actually quit your job? Did you leave the industry that you were in, that you were successful within, earning the money you thought you wanted within? And did you just at some point just kind of have a clear, open time where you just did nothing and just kind of sat in, we can call it the void or, you know, the soul space where we just kind of look at the deeper purpose of what did I come here to do? Yes. I transitioned out of working completely um, with no path forward. Right. So I wasn't like, I'm going to stop doing this and start doing this. I was just being with myself, meditating more, journaling more, spending time with my son, just like really focusing on me, who I was, what I was put here on this earth to do, how I was meant to be of service, um, and how I could embody kind of the highest version of myself. I'd read, if you look over my shoulder here, I have so many books. And since I was a little girl, I've read thousands and thousands of books on human potential and how do we achieve it and what that looks like. And many people have written on this subject and I've tried to read quite a few of them. And I was like, okay, you've read all of these things, but you haven't really embodied it, right? You haven't, I was very knowledgeable about how people got to be the best version of themselves. But then I said, I'm really going to embrace this and embody it deeply. And so that's what I spent those first couple of years doing. So then you really had a calling early on to explore this idea of human potential, which involves happiness. You know, we think of human potential as, ooh, what can we create? What can we innovate? What can we, and those are all fine. Yet human potential is also the capacity to feel joy and love and happiness. So would you say that that yearning and curiosity early in life was sort of more the tried and true path of potential in terms of reaching your highest levels of success and earning and career and life achievements. But then it sounds like it kind of shifted gears when at that point in your life where you said, okay, well, I did those human potential things I thought I wanted, but I'm still feeling a lack. I I always thought about human potential of as this idea of like, really stepping into like who you were meant to be in the world. And so I knew, um, 
that the work that I was doing was work that I was good at, but not, it never felt like my soul's purpose. So I always had that kind of like underlying belief around it, but I, I never felt empowered to just move away from it. Right. Like I always thought that like, okay, that I had to do both things, right. Or I had to like decide what the next step was that I couldn't really just take space. Um, and so taking that space allowed me to think about life very differently and to think about um, how I wanted to show up in the world. If I looked back over my career, I did spend a ton of time really pouring into people. Like the work that I loved the most was really like helping other people think about their careers. And so I've always been into like helping people grow and blossom in whatever space that I was a part of. But I knew that in corporate America, that wasn't where I was meant to do that as kind of my final step on this journey of life. Absolutely. I hear that. I hear that I was also in corporate America before I became a therapist. And similar to you, I, you know, I worked as a outside sales rep selling copiers for a few years. And I, I would always find that I love to mentor people and help people. But at the end of the day, it was still just about copiers. So there was this void of, okay, I like this aspect of it. And truly, I believe you can do anything as long as it's sincere. And some people find fulfillment in that. It doesn't matter that it's based in inanimate objects, objects that they don't actually care about. But then there's those of us who just feel this deeper yearning towards the, I think more of like the soul emotional based work with others. Yeah. I mean, we need people to sell copiers and we need people to sell medical devices and we need people to do all of these jobs. And I don't think anyone is like, committed to copiers or committed to medical device, but what you are committed is to like improving the human experience. And so every job in the world really does contribute to that. So there's no hierarchy of them, but we, we should find that way of being of service that really resonates with our heart. And for me, I, I do think the work that I used to do was of great service to human humanity. And I always, I only ever sold things that I believed in deeply, uh, but it wasn't my final calling. Right. And so while we need people to do that work, I was not the one who needed to be doing it. <laughs> yes. Yes, completely. <laughs> so you took your step back and how long were you in this space of sort of, okay, this chapter's over, but the in-between, because it's interesting, Brandy, that you're sharing this because I've had a lot of people reach out to me recently who are in that in-between. They're saying, I don't feel connected to this job anymore, but I have no idea what to do. I don't know how I move forward in what I feel is this yearning to have more meaningful work, more purposeful work to help others. How long were you in that space and how long ago was that? It was a few years ago. I guess a little bit more than a few years ago. I feel like with the pandemic time kind of all runs together, but I moved out of it about 18 months ago into like this space. And so I took, yeah, 18 to 24 months of just like being with myself. That's yeah. incredible. Yeah. Now, did you feel, was it a progressive opening to awareness of what you could do? Or did you ever, did you struggle at all with, well, what do I do with this? What do I do with this? sort of intuitive knowing that I can help others to feel a greater sense of purpose and joy. Is that, was that your foundation or was there a while that you kind of grappled with what does this look like being manifested? No, as I mentioned at the opening, 
it really came about organically. I don't even think that I was thinking about how to help other people. I was really like inwardly focused on like, who am I? Who am who, what am I meant to do? How am I meant to do it? And during that interim, I, I do a lot of board work. So I was doing a ton of community work. Like I am in service to my alma mater, the university of Michigan, go blue. And I, you know, was the chair of my son's school board. So I was doing lots of things that were keeping me busy, but in my downtime, I really was just like reflecting and working on kind of my own limiting beliefs in life. I was working on my own kind of like self-actualization for lack of a better word, but without the intention of what's next, right? I was really just being in that present moment and not thinking like, okay, you have to have a career. Um, I think it is a um, it is a privilege that I didn't have to go back to work. So I wasn't intending on starting a business or thinking about what was next. I was really just like raising our child and being focused on, um, on my own consciousness, my own happiness. And it's amazing that that's often how some of the most successful breakthroughs happen, that somebody creates an offering that they didn't even know they were creating. They're doing it for themselves. They're exploring with something and then people take notice. And just as you said, people were asking you, what is this? You seem like you're doing good. What's going on? Yeah. And you didn't even realize you're creating what now is basically your coaching program, a system that you've created to help people align more strongly with, again, with their purpose, with their joy, with their beliefs. That's yeah. So I, yeah, people started asking me and I was like, okay, let me then, you know, the corporate brandy came back and I was like, let me build out a framework. What is the work that I've done? Like, what are people seeing in me? How has this come to manifest? And so what I developed was a four-step program um, that I, it's called BASE because I believe it is foundational to our evolution. And I really wanted to simplify it for people. I, I felt like I'd read many like very dense books about consciousness and things like that. But at the end of the day, happiness is our birthright. And how do we get people back to that like feeling of happiness that we are all born with and through conditioning and over time, we really move away from that. And really we're just trying to be who we were meant to be in this lifetime. And so this base process, it takes you through like, what are the beliefs that you have that are creating your experiences, right? Like our brains are so incredibly powerful, but oftentimes we don't acknowledge that power. We don't realize that we are shaping all of our experiences and, and we are shaping them. Oftentimes I call haphazardly or haphazardly man manifesting, right? And so when you really have this beautiful acknowledgement of the beliefs you have, then you can realize that they're creating your experiences, right? And then how do we get into alignment? So the A is about alignment. So you attract to you who you are, right? And so when you're looking to uh, be somewhere else in life, you have to align with it vibrationally, right? And so oftentimes I tell people uh, that what you are seeking is up here at this high vibration, and you're trying to get there through this path that is like filled with worry and anxiety and fear, and they're just so disparate, right? And maybe eventually you will get there, but the journey will be challenging, right? And so what I offer to people is you have to align with that frequency, that vibration in advance. And when you align with it 
in advance, then that chasm isn't there anymore and you can cross it very quickly. And that's when we start to see that we can co-create this really beautiful experience. And then the S is about self-awareness because oftentimes we are looking outside of us in order to shape our own life and experience. And we're such powerful humans that when we have self-awareness around our thoughts, around our beliefs, then we can shift it much, much more quickly. But if you can't even identify kind of how you got to where you are, then it's much more challenging. And then the E is really about emotional resilience. Like everything that shapes our experiences for the most part happens between zero and seven, right? And so then we have these really dense emotions around these experiences we have. And it may be like big T trauma, but oftentimes it's like little T trauma, right? It can be car accidents. It can be your parents yelling at you in front of friends. Like these things really stick with us and we draw them back into our present experiences. And so we have emotional resilience by keeping the memory of our experiences, but really moving away from, um, from those dense emotions that we oftentimes associate it. And so when we can do those four things, then we can really more beautifully co-create our experiences every day. And we can draw in to us the things that we want. So I felt as though I built this really beautiful life, but it was always very challenging. I was the queen of like pushing a boulder up a mountain. And now my life really has a lot of ease and flow because I've really released a lot of uh, those limiting beliefs that I had. And I am able to much more easily align with what I'm seeking. Beautiful, beautiful. And how wonderful for you to share the process that you discovered with others. That's so needed at this time. I, I just did an episode about breaking through barriers to self-love yeah. and that you know, I feel that insecurity and a lack of self-esteem and self-love is almost an epidemic in our mm -hmm. society. It's so common that it's almost rare to find people who truly love and respect and honor themselves. It really is. And, and the bigger challenge is that when we don't love, respect, and honor ourselves, we can't provide that for others. Right. And then you see that we get into a situation like we have now in our world where there's just so much, there's so many challenging and inhumane acts going on because when people don't love themselves, it's impossible to love others. And also the world reflects back to you kind of what you give, right? So if you can't love yourself, then it's going to be really hard to find someone who loves you. Like no one can love you more than you love yourself. That's what I always tell my clients. And so we have to work really deeply on loving ourselves and realize that when we're in these challenging situations, it's really reflecting back to us, our own self-image, our own self-love, right? And that's the first step, right? One of the other quotes that I always say is, show me your life and I'll show you what you think you're worthy of having, right? When you don't have a deep level of self-worth, then you're not going to be able to attract into your life the many things that people are seeking, right? But when you have this beautiful foundational knowledge that you are worthy of love and that you are worthy of all that you're seeking and the reason you're seeking it is because it was meant for you. Um, then you can be on this really beautiful path, right? But I'm so glad that you did that episode because it it really is 
an endemic. Like we're in a time where people just don't realize that like it all starts on the inside. We have to love ourselves deeply. It all starts there because what the thought that came to when you were speaking is that when we don't love ourselves. So I've heard that love is the only action. Everything else is a reaction. Love is just a true expression. And so our world is all, it's all reactive. That's all we're doing. We're fighting, we're warring, we're trying to prove ourselves. We're trying to climb and climb and seek status. Those are all reactions, right? We're just reacting. But the more of us, because when you find love in yourself, a lot of that releases the need to be better than the need to have a certain, you know, way that you're received or perceived. All you want to do is just be an expression of your true essence, which is love. And it sounds, and I'm sure you might get this sometimes. It sounds sometimes people will be like, oh, that's hippie concept. That's like a woo concept, which is such a strange thing to me that we say that because it's just what's true about life and about ourselves. And it's the path to what we all say we want, which is greater peace, greater harmony amongst people, greater experiences of joy, less suffering. We keep saying we want all this, but we're not willing to actually look at and honor what will get us there. Because just as you said, self-love is the inception point for that. Yes. And I think I tell people all the time, it's so simple. It's not easy, but it's so simple. And we really, we believe that the answer is very complex and complicated. And so I always invite people, right, to just really be curious, right? Because we think we have the answers, but I promise if you had the answer, then then your life would be full of love, right? And so I I was talking to someone the other day and I was like, well, I know this to be true because I've embodied it deeply, right? So when you're seeking, I always offer to people, when you're seeking something that other people have, try it their way. It may not work, but what I know for sure is your way isn't working, right? Because if your way was working, then you would be in a different space. And so we've got to be really curious about about trying the hippy-dippy way because ultimately things that are like, it is a universal truth that love is the way. And it, and it will be a universal truth, whether people believe it or not. Absolutely. And that's why I have a strong knowing that's my biggest intuition. I feel in my lifetime is that it's just a matter of time. It's inevitable before we all align with this concept because it's the only truth. And what we're doing right now is just sort of getting lost within the, you know, the physical realm, like the, the tantalizing sparkly things like, Ooh, I want this. I want that. And Oh, I, I want to be again, better than, or whatever it is, but eventually we all, everybody finds their way. That's how it works, right? We can't stay lost forever because the universe is a benevolent, beautiful place. (laughs) Yes. You know what I mean? That's based in love, right? So we will all find our way and we are love. So the fact that we live in this state of being where we, for the majority of the part, deny ourselves as being loving, unconditional divine beings is a falsehood and we can't stay in a falsehood forever. We're always going to remember who we truly are. So I think all of us who are beginning this work are feeling this call for a reason. We're all wanting to return back to what we really are because we've been living for way too long and what we're not. Yes, absolutely. And I think, I mean, I don't need to add to that. You're absolutely right. You know, and there's this beautiful opportunity, you know, instead of using our 
kind of conscious mind to try to like get out of that conscious mind that's trying to like rationalize how we get to that place and really just to kind of sit in these peaceful moments with ourselves and let that information come to us instead of trying to um trying to consciously um come up with what the answer is and when you just sit really quietly with yourself and allow your brain um to get out of its own way then it will always be clear to you that love is the only answer, regardless of the question, right? Like we just have to keep persevering in that way, right? It's undefeated. Absolutely. And Brandy, would you mind sharing? So as you said, sometimes the best thing you can do is just try someone else's path to freedom, to love. And so of course you have your, your process, the base process, but in terms of the beliefs and emotions part, could you share what you did to, cause that's the hardest thing I think for most people is it, cause I know this has been my experience is it feels like it's almost bone deep, this sense of unworthiness, unlovability, this self-judgment and criticism, feeling not enough. What helped you to shift that? What was it that allowed you to address that emotional component of these, as you said, kind of these beliefs about ourselves, these heavy, dense emotional feelings? Cause like you said, that is what keeps us from rising up. I, I spoke in my episode and I've said before that loving yourself, self-love is actually, it's a state of being. Cause just as you said, yes. it's that higher frequency. You can't force it. You do the work to lighten your energy. And then all of a sudden you're in a state where you don't accept unhealthy connections. You don't accept poor treatment. You don't disrespect yourself and you don't let others disrespect you. And sudden, and yes. then your energy rises. How were you able to do that? Yeah, I did a ton of energy work, really. So I spent a lot of time around um, using lots of processes, many of which I, um, I've i come to learn and use. Um, one was that I especially loved was by a gentleman, Gary Flint, and he developed this kind of process healing method. It just helps you to like rewire your beliefs. And so I did a ton of work. I did some... Um, a lot of body work so that to your point, it feels like it's in your bones because it is in our bones, right? Like, so the body keeps the score. We do hold on to those emotions. And so I did a lot of like body work to release some of those stored emotions that I had. And um, that's work that I do um, in my group program and in my, my one-on-one -on -one coaching. I do a lot of like intuition and clearing for people energetically. I found that there's many other ways to do it. Like you don't have to do energy work. You can, but that process tends to be a little bit slower. Like the energy work helped me kind of like rapid fire shift around beliefs that I had around how my experience was going to be. And so those are things that I did. My best friend at one point said, you take self-care to a whole other level because I will spend like while my kids at school, I'll spend lots of time really deep in working on myself. And for me, I energetically align with everything in advance of working towards something. So if there's something I want to call into my life, I will spend time kind of energetically aligning with it before I start building a plan around it. Right. Beautiful. It all starts in our heads. Yes. So helpful. Those are great, great options, great steps towards that. Because again, as you said, there's so many different ways and every single offering is needed and appreciated. Yeah. But I think if, what I'd love to offer, right? Because I think 
when people listen, they just want like, what are some tangible steps that I can take today? And so there's three things that I always offer to people that if you have no additional money to work with anyone and you are just looking to like shift any aspect of your life, the three things that you, I would recommend, I shouldn't say should, I would recommend as a starting point is one is spend time every single day meditating. And if you're not a meditator, you can start with like three to five minutes. It doesn't have to be a ton of time, but you want to just work on quieting our, your mind every day. Our brains um, think on average 80, 70,000 thoughts, 80% of those thoughts are negative and 90% of them are repetitive. And so until we can really learn to quiet our mind, we'll never hear our own intuition. Right. And so I meditate every day, sometimes three or four times a day around issues. And, and I think if people can just start by helping to quiet their mind and reducing those kind of negative thoughts that are ruminating there, that is a beautiful first step. The second step is to journal. If you kind of start every morning by just like, as I mentioned, your head is racing, but if you start the morning, when you wake up downloading those thoughts kind of out of your brain onto paper, you're also going to be able to quiet your mind. And so just journaling and free journaling. When I first started this many, many years ago, I would, I would find myself like journaling and then I would get caught up in thinking, even though I was supposed to be putting the thoughts on my head. And so it was also great around that self-awareness. I'm like, oh, see, you're ruminating so much that you can't even like get the thoughts onto the paper. And so then you'll see this beautiful shift over time um, when you just start your day in that way. And then the third thing is just having a really beautiful gratitude practice, right? So I think of our gratitude practice as, um, as saying, thank you more, please, right? Like when you are in this beautiful space of acknowledging every good thing that comes to you, no matter how small it is or how big it is, right? I think we oftentimes wait for the really big things to say thank you. But I say thank you for parking spaces. I say thank you for, you know, short lines. I say thank you when exactly what I want is um, in stock, right? So we say thank you for all the very little things that go our way. And it's like sending a thank you note to the universe, right? Like if, if people were giving you gifts, like if I sent you, a, if I you're having me as a guest today, if I didn't send you a thank you note, maybe you'd say, oh, well, Brandy, like didn't even appreciate that we spent that time together, right? And so you may not invite me back or send me other gifts. And so the universe isn't probably the exact same way, but but when you're grateful for things, the universe then realizes that which you're seeking and and you'll get more of that. So if you do those three things, I promise your life will shift in major ways if you do it with consistency. Those are so fantastic. What incredible, tangible takeaways. I hope everybody had a pen and paper. If not, just rewind back a little bit to hear that again, because those are so helpful and so true. And I just have to say, I love that you have that part about gratitude and saying thank you more, please. My word for this year, when I was setting my intentions for 2023, the biggest word was appreciation because I realized the power of that because what you, the idea of appreciation is literally growth, right? When your money appreciates, mm -hmm. you get more of it. So by saying that to the universe is saying, oh, thank you so much for this gift I got. I would love more. Thank you for it. And it also reminds me, I remember one time I was venting to a friend about some guy I was dating and I was like, well, I love it when he does this, but sometimes he doesn't do it. And she was like, well, then when he does do it, let him know that you like it. 
show your appreciation, and then he'll do more of it. And that's pretty much what you're saying is how the universe works. When you Absolutely. tell, if you, if you just keep saying, oh, okay, great. But what about this? Then you're not showing appreciation. And just like you said, you might not get invited back or you might not get more of it. If you're exactly not showing right. appreciation. Yes. And we should do that in all the ways, right? Like you talked about it with your boyfriend. I have like a little manual for our caregiver and, and we focus on that with our with my child, right? Like, so with Charlie, we reinforce the things we want him to do, the behaviors that are great, right? Like, because then that is what grows, right? So when he puts away his toys, we're like, great job. And when he doesn't, we don't always focus on that, right? Because now we're drawing attention uh, to what we don't want. And the universe doesn't always know the difference and people don't always know the difference. But when you focus deeply on what you want, right? Where energy goes, you know, that's what flows. Yeah. Yes. Yes, indeed. It. So another big part of your work, Brandy, as a coach is helping people to prioritize happiness as a yes. goal rather than an outcome. Yes. So I'd love to hear about that. And I think it ties into what we've been talking about is I think a lot of people are always thinking so we're so attached to the destination to where is this going to get me? Where am I going to see the rewards? And I want it to look like this. Exactly. However, that's setting ourselves up for disappointment or it often sets us up in that cycle of, okay, well, I got this. Now what? What's next? Now I want the next thing. And we don't ever take time to feel that satisfaction, that gratitude, the appreciation of what we actually have. Yes. Yes. I love that. And so, you know, in a world where people are focused on outcomes, I'm not asking people to like be a different human, but I want people to walk away knowing this, that the unintended consequence of happiness is that success comes to you much more easily. So even if you are like, okay, Brandy, um, it's easy for you to say after you got everything you wanted in life, that happiness is the most important thing. What I'm telling you is I know for sure that path would have been easier if I had focused on being happy on the journey, because now things just come to me, right? And so what I'm offering isn't that you say one or the other, but that you prioritize happiness and know that your success will flow to you so easily, right? And what, to your point, what we have happening is we believe that what we're seeking will bring us happiness. Like, and I want everyone in the audience to just pause and sit with that. Because when you really think about all that you're seeking in the world, it's because you think it will bring you an emotion, a feeling. And those are those high vibration emotions, happiness, joy, peace, love, eat, like all the things. So you're seeking something, thinking it's gonna have an outcome and it never does because no thing can give you happiness or joy, right? And so instead we have to think about our journey through this lifetime and having happiness across the entirety of the journey. Because as I mentioned before, it is our birthright. And when we go through life in that way, we'll start to see that the journey is easier, that things just flow to you, that you're going to start to see so many synchronicities coming into your life, right? Like the other day I was at the airport and I had a big backpack and my, I was like, I don't really know where my wallet is but I knew I had it. And so, but I went and put like a water up at the cash register and I was like, oh, I've got to get my backpack off. And then literally a man came up and said, can I buy that for you? 
And I was like, this is amazing. And I was like, of course, thank you. And so then I didn't have to take off my backpack and him and his wife bought me my water with whatever they were getting. And then they were like, have a great day. And then I just like walked away. And so the universe will always show up for you in the ways that you need it to when you have like a clear channel, this clear connection. And that comes through healing work that allows us to raise our vibration and be happier. And so, um, we have to prioritize our happiness and realize that everything else does come from that place. So you're not sacrificing success or achievements for your happiness. You're actually allowing it to come to you much more easily. But, and also I think for really like type A focused humans, it can be a goal just like all of your other achievements have been a goal, right? And that's why I have this like very clear process. It's like, okay, like there's a process that you can go through. You can set these intentions, just like you've set intentions around everything else. You just thought that the success and the achievement was going to give you the happiness, but you have to make it its own goal. And when you make it its own goal and move through my process or someone else's process, it doesn't have to be mine. But when you get to the end, you'll you'll realize it's the best work you've ever done. And it is amazing how when you let go of an attachment to how we think happiness should look or what we think will give us happiness, we suddenly find ourselves with things coming into our lives that bring us great joy yes, without exactly. and things we didn't even imagine, I would think, mm -hmm. right? Things that we didn't even think of when we were so fixated on very particular things. Now, I have a question. Yes. A lot of my shows fo focus on relationships and you said that you have a beautiful marriage, a wonderful husband. When you met him, had you started this work and do you, had you reached a point? Because to me, when, when you say, oh, we have an idea about what we want, the first thing that comes to mind is love, right? Since yeah. I was a little girl, like so many of us, I was like, I just need a boyfriend. I need love. That will, I, everything will be better. I'll be happier. I'll be more at peace. I won't be so crazy, <laughs> whatever yes. it is. It, not true. You know, many, many, many people are in relationships and struggling and unhappy. So yes. what was that experience like for you? Well, which part of the dating experience or my husband? As experience? far back as you want to go, like if you want to take us, if you had a dating experience of seeking love for happiness, I'd love to hear about that. Or if you just kind of, when you surrendered, you found your husband, just curious about how that unfolded for you. Yes. I actually, okay, a couple of things. One, I was never really, I was not that girl. <laughs> I was not that focused on a relationship. And as I was getting older, I did say to myself one day, because I'm very type A, oh, Brandy, if you want to be married at some point, you're going to have to focus on your relationships the same way you focused on building your career. And so then I, I, cause what I, I would have lots of boyfriends and I'd have them for like two years. And then at the end of the two years, I'd be like, Oh, he's great, but not for me. Right. And I had some terrible boyfriends, but for the most part, I've had great guys. Like I would like wish them luck in finding and being with someone else. I was very lucky, but I think as I look back on how I've had most of the success in my life, I always just had this really deep belief that I deserved <laughs> to have a great relationship. And I have a wonderful, amazing father who was just like a model for me of like what a 
good uh, husband and supportive friend and how they show up for their spouse. And so we often mirror in our lives that which we saw. But I used to think to myself, like, I'm not the prettiest girl. I'm not the smartest girl. I don't have, I didn't come from the best family. I don't have all the money, but as an overall package, I'm pretty great. And I deserve to have a good husband. And like, honestly, that was like what I always told myself that I just believed that I deserved it. And, and I, like I said earlier, like, show me your life and I show you what you think you're worthy of having. So I always just felt very worthy of having a great guy. And I got him, but I always say <laughs> I hadn't done a lot of work around relationships or any, or I hadn't done as much work with myself when I met my husband 12 years ago. So I do sometimes say that, um, that he's the gift that God gave me without the work. <laughs> we get those sometimes we, we get those them. sometimes, right? We need, like, we need those. yes. You can't solve all the things in every lifetime. So I think I came to, um, I, my, my life's work in this lifetime wasn't around relationships. So I got, I got that as a freebie. Yes. It's, <laughs> and it's fascinating. Cause I think, I feel like everybody gets one of those, right? It could be relationships just kind of came to you, family stability, emotional stability, less issues with, with finances. Everyone kind of has their given and then their challenge, right? Yeah, and for sure. That's where then we have to, you know, the, that's where appreciation comes in, right? Is wow, what a gift that I've never known that detrimental struggle with this, that, or the other thing. I mean, like I said, I definitely had some like terrible boyfriends, but I look back and it's like such a gift. Like I had this one boyfriend who he like cheated on me and I was like devastated and, you know, and he's back from my hometown. He's in my hometown. And like, I just, I, now know that I totally dodged a bullet, even though in the moment it felt like really challenging, right? So everything is going to work out as it should. I do work with women around relationships. And I think the first step is fundamentally knowing that you're worthy of being in just this really beautiful relationship with an amazing human. And I tell people all the time, there are 8 billion humans, right? 8 billion humans in the world, your person is out there. Right. And so we get stuck in these beliefs that like the person for me may not be out there. And that is actually irrational. It is irrational to believe that you want to be in a relationship and there are 8 billion people in the world, half of which you would be your target audience, regardless of your preference. And so out of 4 billion humans, you think that you have this desire and it is a vanilla benevolent universe and that someone isn't out there for you. It's so it's just irrational to even spend our time and energy believing that. Right. And so the first step is just this knowing that your person is there, they're coming for you at the right time and really being open to it. Right. And so when you're open to it, right. When I stopped dating guys for two years, the minute I was like, he's not for me, no matter how great he was on paper, I was like, he's not for me. And I would just move on. He's not for me. And I would, move. so I would just, wouldn't you spend time? Cause I was like, oh, I'm wasting time with people that I know already probably aren't for me. Right. And so once like, there's a deal breaker, it's okay to move on. Right. My best friend also said to me, she's like, just because he's a great guy doesn't mean he's for you. And that was the best advice that I'd ever gotten. Right. Because I was like holding on to a great guy on paper, even though there wasn't that connection. Right. And so now I got like a great guy for me and that's what matters. Right. And so 
we just have to think like if people walk through that process, right? Like I think you called it, I don't know what word you use, but there's like this desperate energy around like wanting a boyfriend, right? And so you want a boyfriend or a husband because you believe that it's going to give you energetically that feeling of happiness and fulfillment, but you're like in this, those dense emotions of like, when is this going to happen? Is this going to work out? Am I getting too old? Am I going to have kids? And those, those things are too disparate, right? And so we've got to bring them together, right? So when you get to that point, that knowing that, oh, I know he's out there, it's irrational to think that this human who has so many other great things going on in her life won't find her person in this amazing world. And then when you go out into the universe with that energy, then he is going to, or she, whatever you're looking for, will find you instantly, right? And so it's because you're energetically too far removed from what you're seeking, right? And so, or you're in that energy state. So the guys that you attract aren't your person because you're going into it with the wrong energy state. And so now you're attracting a guy who may not show up in the ways that you want because the energy that you're using to attract your person isn't the energy that you actually want the relationship to be. So when you show up in the world at the bar at, you know, wherever you're going to meet people online, you've got to show up with this energy of knowing that your success is inevitable, that you're going to find this amazing person and that it's meant for you. And then energetically, the kind of person you're going to attract with that energy is going to be the person you're seeking, right? And so what beliefs do you have around how old people are when they get married or what kind of women find great husbands? Think about those beliefs, think about your alignment and then have self-awareness that you know when you're not thinking that. And it's okay, have grace with yourself, but let it go. Just say, oh, that's not that's not the thought that a person who finds her soulmate has. And then just let it go. Be really graceful with yourself, right? And then think about from the E perspective, your emotional resilience, like what images did I have growing up about relationships? Like, well, how did that look? What did I see? And, and if you have some that weren't in service to what you're seeking, then journal about them so that you can release them and say, I release that. Like I don't embrace that in my own life. Right. So we can use that base process with ourselves to think about why we aren't aligning with our soulmate. And inevitably everything fits into those four categories. But for any people who are listening and they're looking for their person, just know that your person is out there and you deserve it and go get it. Brandy, as someone calling in my person. Your words were such goodness to my ears. <laughs> I'm going to, I'm going to go back and replay this regularly as a pep talk. Cause that was beautiful. Thank oh, you. Thanks. Whitney. And I know that everyone listening, cause I have a lot of listeners who are seeking their person because people who listen to my show are following their calling. They feel done with the cycle of unhealthy dead end relationships. They're ready for the real deal. But it does take a declaration, right? It takes a devotion, just like yeah. it takes a devotion to cultivate self-love. It takes devotion to get yourself into a healthy state physically. It takes devotion to actually attract healthy love because you can't just do it sometimes, right? The same as working out. You can't just do it sporadically and hope for results. Just as you said, you have to continuously kind of have what I call like your North Star where you're like, I know he's there, not just good enough, not pretty okay, but that North Star, someone who I feel truly aligned with, I get to really experience love with, I feel safe with, I feel respected. I know he's there. 
So I'm going to keep yes. showing up and I'm not going to look for it. I'm going to let it come to me because I'm going to trust that I'm attracting it. Absolutely. And never settle. Right. And I no. would say, right, like take some time um, to write out exactly what you're looking for. Right. Because when we write things, it's the first step to manifestation is like because you're taking it out of your head and you're putting it on paper, which is into the universe. That's the first step of co-creating what you're looking for is to write it down. Right. And then the next thing I would offer to people is write a thank you note. Right. So so say it has to be a believable time frame. Like if you believe you'll find your soulmate tomorrow, then write a thank you note tomorrow. But if you think it'll take you like a year or six months or eight months, whatever it is, just date it, right? So today is October 13th and you could write it in May of next year. And you would say May, 2024, you know, oh my gosh, I'm so excited. I found the man of my dreams and write a thank you because our brains actually don't know the difference between fact and fiction, which is why I also encourage people not to watch the news and all the terrible things that are on because it influences um, how we see and perceive the world. But we can tell our brains that things have happened. And so write it in the first person a thank you note to the universe for this person and write exactly. I'm so glad that he sends me flowers every week. I'm so glad that he um, calls me every night as we, you know, go to bed to wish me a wonderful time. I'm so glad that I got to meet his family, whatever are things that you would like that experience to be in a timeline that you feel realistic. Cause it can't feel as though it's fake, right? So everything has to feel really good. What you're expecting, when it, how it shows up, how you guys, where you go on dates, maybe you're planning a trip together, whatever it is, May of next year, October of next year, just write a thank you as though it's happened. And I, then write back to Whitney when it happens and yes. make sure she gets back to me. Because I want to hear all about it. Please do. <laughs> I've never heard that idea and I absolutely love it. I just love that because it's so true. And it's interesting, Brandy, because I've heard before that that the highest way to, to pr of prayer, the highest means of prayer is not to say, please give this to me is to say, thank you to act as if it's already here because it is everything is, already it is. in existence. So time say, is thank an illusion. you so much yes. for this abundance. Thank you so much for the job that I love and adore. Thank you for this wealth that's coming to my life for a partner. Cause then we're stating that we, we already have it, that it's already we there. Already because have it. Yes. What is eight months from now, but you know, time's an illusion. <laughs> so it's, exactly there. And, and the fact that this always gives me chills, but your person is out there. They exist on this planet. There's They're no way they here. don't. So you're right. literally like putting out into the energy field that you're, even though it's further down the timeline, you're in it. You can feel it. You're already given your gratitude for it. Exactly right. And please, right? Like you can ask once for something, but imagine like when my son is like, mommy, please, can we go? Please, can we buy this? Please, please, please. That's a desperation. It doesn't feel good, right? And so- that also isn't energetically what we want to put out there. We ask once, we make it clear what we're looking for, and then we say thank you, right? Because it is done and you're it's already done. It just hasn't come into your experience yet, which is different from it not being done, right? Definitely. And so when we know that our success is inevitable in all the ways, then we just continue thinking in advance. Yes. And another exercise that I love, Brandy, that you basically mentioned was kind of doing an inventory list of your assets because so many of, of us are out there. I know I've spent so much time being like, well, I'm not the prettiest. I'm not the greatest. I made maybe I'm not that fun. You go through this litany of why you're not finding somebody. How does that serve you? It doesn't. What can really serve you is when you do what you said, which is 
I'm pretty fun. I'm decent looking. I'm, you know, this, that, and the other thing. I'm funny. I enjoy all these different things. Find your attributes. We all have assets, but so many of us throw them aside and just focus. Well, I'm not like her and I'm not like this and I'll never get somebody. That's keeping us in a place of lack, right? Like you said, that dis disparate energy where you're separating yourself from what you say you want so much. Yes. And it, and you're not not finding a person because you're not as pretty as the other girl or you're not as what wealthy, whatever those things that you're ticking off, you're it, none of those things are the reason you aren't finding your person. It's the fact that you're ticking them off. That is why you're not finding your person. <laughs> So totally. the, it's the energy of being hard on ourselves, right? And so we have to have so much grace with ourselves, right? Like I forgive myself for every mistake I make, right? Because like I am human and part of the human experience is that I will make mistakes. I will not get it perfect. And I forgive myself and I ask other people for forgiveness, right? Because the more grace that we can have with ourselves, the more love that we can show with ourselves, the more love the world will show you. I was at an event one time and I was new to a board and the chair of the board was welcoming all of the new board members. And there was a woman and we had been like talking about um, this type of work and he did not acknowledge her. And afterwards she was like, oh, it really hurt my feelings that I, you know, that my name was left off the list. And I had, we had this really deep conversation about it's really a reflection of how she actually feels about herself. Right. So the world doesn't acknowledge you when you don't acknowledge yourself. Right. And so you have to be in this like beautiful energy and we're not always raised that way. I remember one time I got on a zoom with my mom and she was like, your hair looks so great. And I was like, it does, doesn't it? And she was like, oh, well, you're just really full of yourself today. I mean, she was like <laughs> being funny. But because we're not taught to be like, yes, I do look great today. Like I am having a great day. And and we need to like empower women, especially to really stand in their truth. If you're if you feel beautiful today, then it's OK to say it. That's not arrogance, right? Like it's arrogant to be like, I'm prettier than someone. Right. Or I'm smarter than other people or I'm well, like, right. Cause that's a comparison and that's also a very dense energy, but just having this beautiful self-love and acknowledging that like, oh yeah, I too love my hair. Like it's a great hair day for me. That's actually really beautiful to know and acknowledge how you're showing up in the world and to really pat yourself on the back. Because when you don't acknowledge yourself, the world will never acknowledge you. It's always a reflection back, right? The better I feel about myself, the more people come into my space and share positive feedback with me. And, right? it's no and so it just keeps coming. It's no coincidence. Nothing's a coincidence, but yes. Yeah, so it's just reflecting back. Your whole world is a reflection. That's why multiple people can see a situation and think of it very differently, right? And we all have our own perspectives. Absolutely. And we have our own beliefs, which again is the first step in your process. And, you know, bringing it back to releasing sort of this focus on our perceived deficits, that is also where the power of journaling comes in because we are going to have these little ghosts in the shadow that say, 
but you're not good enough. That's not going to happen. And if we just try to push it away, it'll persist. Right. So it's important for us to almost like welcome those ghosts in and be like, Hey, I hear you. I hear that you have this fear that you're not Mm -hmm. good enough to find an actual good partner, journal about it, let it out, embrace it so that you can, we call it integration, right? Where you integrate your shadow, integrate your fear. So it can move into a space of love. Because once you do that, then it's easier to actually say, just as you said, bigger, bolder statements, which is I'm awesome. I deserve the most amazing partner because I'm amazing and I'm super fun and I'm this and that and I'm radiant. And there's another thing I want to hit on is like, it's wonderful to acknowledge when we do, you know, look our best and feel good, but also to notice like our essence that attracts people more than we realize our radiance, right? Our energy is often what people are most drawn to. That's why you'll see some people and you'll be like, what? I don't get it, but it's just their energy that people love. It is a hundred percent. And that's why, like I say, when we move up this, we move up on our happiness kind of set point, right? Because everyone has some level of happiness and unhappiness, but when we move our happiness set point up and we're in those more high vibration emotions, we will start to attract all the things to us because think about it. Everybody wants to be around. Like everyone wants to be in the sun. Everybody wants to be in happy places and everything wants to be with happy people. And that is what we're seeking. Right. So, you know, I used to be really complex about it. Like we raise our level of consciousness and we do this, but it's really just like increasing your happiness set point. You'll feel all the emotions, but you want to spend most of your time in those high vibration emotions. And when you're doing that, then everything will start coming to you. It's like, it's like magnetizing yourself and you magnetize your life. And we do have to think about it in those, like, we'll have to think about relationships, career and finances, health and wellness. And and well-being, like all three of those are different, will have different kind of happiness set points in that. But when we kind of like raise them all, then we will start to feel like, oh, everything just comes to me, you know? And I used to, I remember people like, oh, you're so lucky, but it's not luck, right? It's, it's because you've done this work. You've done this healing in a way that has set up your life to be just really beautiful existence. Life does not have to be hard. It gets to be easy. Wow. Brandy, you are so brilliant. And I know that you're a fantastic coach because you're doing exactly what you want in a coach is you're making me feel pumped. I want to go and like work on my magnetism and, you know, my, my energy and alignment. And I'm ready to, I like want to go get started right now. And that's how coaches are meant to inspire us is to, because this is the biggest thing. It's not about doing it, scaring people into thinking, if you don't make these moves, you'll never get what you think you want. It's about saying everything you've ever needed is right here. And you have the most brilliant, unique light inside of you. That is all your own. Get excited about it. Bring it out. Let go of those misconceptions that we've held for so long about focusing on the deficits and believing that we are not good enough and not deserving. Wash those all away acknowledge them, release them, and then get excited about moving into your true right, which is to be happy. It is your birthright. Yes. And for sure, if you don't have to work with me, but definitely don't work with coaches that use scare tactics, right? Like we don't want to use scarcity um, and scare tactics to move people to align with their highest version of themselves. We want people to feel really good about this work and know that on the other side of this work is exactly who they were meant to be in this lifetime. 
And that's the greatest gift you can give, right? Like it's all of our soul's purpose is to align with who we were meant to be. And it is right there. You have everything you need inside of you, right? Like sometimes I'll get clients and they'll start like asking me for the answers. And I'm like, oh, no, no, no. We're going to like part of this work is you knowing that you have all the answers, right? And I used to outsource a lot of answers. And I started really simply, Whitney, I just started by like, no longer asking my girlfriends or my husband, like, which outfit I should wear. I'm just like, I'm going to take that power back. Like, I know what I should wear. I know, like, and not that you can never ask, but it was just my little first step of like, realizing that I have all the answers for me. I don't need to outsource my life to other people. People can hold space for me and people can like help me think about things differently. But at the end of the day, things have to be resonant with me in order for me to take steps and take action on them. And when they're resonant for me, then I move forward. Right. And that's why, you know, there's so many different ways of doing things, but the work is to figuring out your right path right? Completely, completely. And as you spoke of, other people can offer guidance by showing their path, but yours will be all your own. And it might be a little bit of a mix, like a recipe, right? Like a little sprinkle of this, a little bit of brandy, a little bit of Whitney, a little bit of different people, different messages, different books, but your path will be all your own. And that's the glory of life, right? Like how fun that we're all creating these beautiful different pathways. As they say, there are many pathways to the top of the mountain. No one is right. No, And, mm-hmm. and again, that's like, you're kind of alluding to any coach or guru who tells you my way is the way walk the other way. (laughs) Don't go, don't listen to someone. Nobody can know what's right. But we know we, as coaches, as healers, as therapists, we just offer, we give offerings, we give, we give some insight guidance and we say, and, and when people ask us, well, tell me what to think. We say, I could never do that. I can't tell you what to think or feel or to do. I can offer what I've learned, what I've found helpful. You take the pieces that you like, you work with it. You create your own path. Exactly. Right. When people say to me, what's the best workout? Cause I was an athlete growing up. It's like the one you'll do. You know what I mean? So you got to <laughs> totally. <laughs> it's like, if you're gonna, you know, so for, if you heard today, like journaling or reflecting or thank you notes, whatever one of these things, if any of it resonated with you, just start with that, just do that thing. Right. You don't have to do it all because you can't go from zero to 100, but just start taking these baby steps and then you'll see what sticks. And then over time, right. Like I was the person who started meditating like five minutes a day. And now I can like drop my brainwaves in 20 seconds, even like talking to you, right? Like I'm just, I've really moved into that. But I used to be like, oh, my brain is just like on overdrive, right? And now, and so everything in time, everything in time. Yes. Beautiful. Well, Brandy, I can't tell you how much I've loved this conversation and again, felt so inspired by it. I know everyone listening has, and I imagine a lot of people listening would like to work with you. And if they would, how can they find you? Well, um, you can go to my website and first and foremost, I do a free journal on the first and 15th of every month. And so if you go to my website and sign up, you can receive those journal entries and they just give like cool tips, um, around how we can think about life, the world, et cetera. Um, We talk about curiosity, radical responsibility, kind of why we do this work. Um, And so 
also on my website, you can see all my offerings. One that I think is really fun is a 30-day program that I have called the Joy Blueprint. And it really, um, every day gives you a lesson on a specific topic. And then it gives you kind of multiple steps that you can take in order to embody the work. Because as I mentioned earlier, early on in my journey, I read a lot and learned a lot, but didn't embody it. So it really helps you embody the work. And then there's weekly group coaching call with that offering. And there also is a community that you become a part of. And so that launches on the first uh, Monday of every month. And I'd love for people to check that out if they're interested. Wow. You've got the whole shebang. You've got it all going on. People can get all their resources and needs met. So Brandy, thank you so much for being on the show. And thank you for moving into this work, following your intuition and being this beautiful beacon for those who are ready to really step into their purpose, purpose and have more joy and happiness. Oh, Winnie, thank you for doing this work. And it was lovely to be able to partner with you in this way. And um, thank you to all the audience members who are listening. Have a wonderful day. You too. Take care. That wraps up our episode for today. Thank you so much for listening to Women Waken. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with others and come back for more. If you'd like to connect with the Women Waken community, you can find us on Instagram at Women Waken. And if you follow Women Waken, you can get a free tarot card reading if you just send a DM. I hope you have a wonderful rest of your day. And don't forget to let your unique light shine into this world.